Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. That's the body of Christ. It is the body, and I'm so, so grateful uh, for all of you and for all of this great staff. When I think about uh, the year 2017, or even a little bit more, a year and a half since uh, Julie and I have been blessed to really take the helm here, I can't help but be encouraged looking back and looking forward, looking forward, I have nothing but high expectations, great expectations for 2018, and I hope you do too, because of the tangible bond that has been displayed here among the willing hearts and the willing hands. So many of you who step out to to snap a photo, to pray, to do whatever might be asked of you. This is the great thing about being part of the body of Christ. And I want us to go into the new year with high expectations. But despite the great expectations, the things that we can have, the, the encouragement that we can have, the uplifted spirit we can have, if we flip on the news, what do we hear? We hear doom and we hear gloom. And we hear devastating predictions for 2018. And that's pretty standard for every new year, isn't it? I want to just give you a few that I read. A few, a few predictions from uh, you know, people who are supposed to know what they're talking about. This is what 2018 is going to bring us. It's going to bring us World War III. It is going to bring us a major eruption of Mount Vesuvius. I'm so glad I actually visited for the first time this year. This sense is going to pop its cork again. Uh, and, and Pompeii is going to be buried. Uh, There will be a major earthquake on the west coast of the United States. A comet or asteroid is going to strike the earth. And there's going to be a global economic collapse. Welcome to 2018. Doesn't that get your motor running? Aren't you just ready to hit that new year tomorrow? You know, at the start of every new year, there's there's just a litany of dire, apocalyptic, world-ending predictions. These are the famous prognosticators. They prophesy devastation and catastrophe and world-ending destruction. And, of course, all these world-ending predictions that occur every uh, December 31st, they share one thing in common. They've all been wrong. We're still here. You know, earthquakes and volcanoes and hurricanes and tornadoes and all of nature, I'm here to tell you it's going to continue to cycle. I'll make a prediction. There'll be a tornado in 2018. It's going to happen. There's going to be a rainstorm. Of course, these things are going to happen. But, you know, I'll make another prediction that, uh, you know, the earth is going to still spin every 20 or 4 hours, and and it's going to rotate around the sun. We'll be back here next December 31st. You know, so long as the Lord doesn't return. But I'm not really... uh, believing that there's going to be the World War III and the world-ending uh, destruction, like so many want to tell us. I want to take 2018 with some enthusiasm and some passion, and I want you to join me 
And you might be sitting there saying, oh, I don't know, maybe these people got a point. Don't, not so fast. Maybe, maybe we're not on the brink of destruction. All right, I could give you that. We're not going to, the world's not going to end. But really, what is so special about a new year? You might be asking that question. There really isn't anything special about the new year. There's nothing really special about a new day. Tomorrow you're going to have the same job, same routine. It's the same old grind. And you're kind of weary, and you're wearing out. There might be some truth in that. I suppose I could give you that. We live in a world where things wear out. We wear out. Something's new only for a little bit, and it begins to fade. It begins to deteriorate. That includes us. I'm wearing out. And isn't that depressing? We're just wearing out. It's depressing. If all you have to look forward to is what's in the world and the same old routine. But I'm here to say, as Christians, we have a hope. We have a hope that is beyond this world. It is beyond this world. It's beyond deterioration. It's beyond wearing out. And this is something the Apostle Paul said. He recognized our deteriorating state And he spelled it out, that we have hope. He said this to the church in Corinth when he wrote to them in his second letter. Paul's second letter, chapter 4, verses uh, 16 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. He wrote this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly. We are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, it is going to go away, but what is unseen is eternal. So instead of seeing doom and gloom and decay, Paul held a totally different perspective on life for all of us who profess Christ Jesus. Day by day, life which he lived, he lived less of his own life and more of that of his Lord and his Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus within him. And that's as it should be for all of us. Paul recognized the reality of wear and tear and aging. He understood the obviousness of uh, deterioration. He understood the fact that outwardly, though none of us like to admit it, who likes to admit it? We're wearing out and we're wasting away. The reality of life is deterioration. Yes, he, he saw that. We are physical beings and that occurs. He knew it and he recognized it, but he didn't submit to it and he didn't regress into depression and to this you know, doom and gloom attitude. On the contrary, He acknowledged the reality of, yes, we have physical limitations, and yes, we are going to uh, wear out, but that does not need to lead to futility, but something exceedingly greater. What do you call it? Eternal glory. From Paul's perspective, it's not just for the start of a new year. It's for the start of every new day. So let's renew 
Let's renew. Let's roll into the new day and renew. Let's let the renewal begin. Be renewed inwardly, Paul said, day by day. So tomorrow's a new year, but it's a new day. Every morning, fix your eyes on what is eternal, on what is unseen, Jesus, and do our best to live for him in this wearing out world. And as we live for him, we achieve an eternal glory, the apostle said, that far outweighs all of what's in this world, all that would pull us down and depress us and wear us out. So let the renewal begin as we look forward to 2018 and what lies ahead, not with a gloom and doom attitude, but with enthusiasm. So what lies ahead in 2018? What is really coming in this litany of depressing predictions? There are some out there who actually predict some nice things. What is it we should look forward to? So I came across this article. In the mountain of all the depressing predictions, there was one that stood out to me. It said, 18 things to look forward to in 2018. I said, wow, I got to read that. Something to look forward to in 2018? Not an earthquake, not a world-ending war? So that title caught my eye. It must have distinctively positive things. So I thought I should look at this. And here are some of the great things it said to look forward to in 2018. Okay, the Winter Olympics are coming. A royal wedding. A royal baby. And did you know that Disney's Frozen is going to be a musical on Broadway? Wow, I got to get into 2018. And do you know that there's going to be commercial flights to Antarctica? Hey, if you don't have enough cold here... (laughs) There is also someone planning personal private dives to the wreckage of the Titanic that are supposed to begin early in the year for the mere 105,000 bucks. You can go down and see the Titanic. And then I saw this as a great one. Is there any redheads in the audience? Oh, hey, you know what? The redheaded emoji is coming. So you can, you know... Uh, you will finally have the happy face emoji to text your friends with the red hair on it. Now, I'm not going to go through all 18 of the great things to look forward to in 2018. Uh, Here's the last one I've got, because I think you're getting the picture. The last one, it said, is really, really good movies. Like A Wrinkle in Time, I don't know anything about that. And then here's a movie, Mary Poppins Returns. And in this article, it said, if you want to make the most of 2018, so get this, it caught my eye. If you want to make the most of 2018, you should just glue yourself to a movie theater seat. Wow. Okay, so on the positive side, on the positive side, if you have unlimited money and your life is defined by celebrities and uh, entertainment, 2018 is looking pretty good for you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not defined by unlimited money, and I'm certainly not defined by celebrities and entertainment. And I trust that's not really you either. So I've got something even to go above that list to look forward to in 2018. I think it's going to be outstanding. I think it's going to be way above all of those things to look forward to. And that is this. In 2018, as a church, together... We are going to go through God's Word. We are going to go through the Bible together in 2018. 
And I hope you're enthused by that and that you want to be a part of that. Because our life should be defined by something way better than money, celebrities, and entertainment. God's Word. As we do this together as a church, I believe it will encourage us and inspire us in our daily walk with the Lord. And it's going to help us build a deeper and stronger bond with our God. Reading through uh, God's Word has been something that has been on Pastor Julie's heart for a long, long time. And she has brought it up to me on several occasions about what could we do and how could we do this. She's always had this heart to inspire others to get into the Bible more. So we're looking forward to this. We're looking forward to reading through the whole of God's Word together as a church in 2018. And we have a plan. We have a five-day reading plan, Monday through Friday, to read portions of God's Word, Old Testament, New Testament, and then on some days a psalm. And then weekends are available for you to catch up, uh, to maybe just reflect on what you've read that past week. Then on Sunday, on Sunday, the Sunday message, the Sunday sermon is going to come from a portion of that week's reading. So if you're reading along with us, you're going to be prepped. You're going to be ready. God will already be working on your heart because you've already been into his word in that section during the week. And we are going to, uh, you'll see this. It's right printed on the front of your bulletin. First week. All right? We're going to publish that every single week so that you can follow along. But we're also going to publish the entire year. And that's going to be available by next Sunday. We'll ha- we'll, you'll be able to get it online and print it if you want, just to print out the whole year, if you want to get ahead. Or if you miss some, you can catch up. So just for this first week here, this is what we have for you right here. For all of you here today, just take your bulletin home and begin. We're also going to have this online. So that if you want to just track your progress, see where you are, yourbcc.org, and it's going to be slash one dash year. Slash one dash year. Put in your email address. You'll be able to uh, track your reading. You'll be able to look back. Anybody who shows up in February, March, April, they can go to that portion of our website, see exactly where we're at, and they can pick up from the first of the year if they want to catch up and track their progress and maybe just uh, do twice the reading and catch right up. So we're going to have a variety of ways for you to keep track uh, by the first Sunday of 2018, which is next Sunday. That'll all be in place, but you can already uh, check out that uh, link on our website. Just remember, slash one dash year. And our hope is that as we do this together, it's going to encourage discussions among you and in your family. And we can all say at the end of the year that we've accomplished something. We have gone through God's Word together. And it, it has worked in us. And I want to jump ahead a little bit. Now, I'm going to admit I've already jumped ahead. And Julie and I have started a little bit early. And even in some of these first readings, we've had some fairly lengthy discussion you can't get through even creation without bringing up questions and getting talks going. 
And I want to start right now with tomorrow. I want to start with a portion of what we're going to read tomorrow. So it'll be a jump start. You won't even have to do it if you're here this morning. We're going to do Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is there for tomorrow. But I want to look at it today. Because it says something about God's word. Psalm 19 is a psalm of King David. It's believed that King David wrote this psalm at the end of his life. So it was somewhat a retrospective look. He had experience. He had wisdom. When he penned this psalm, it's short. It's just 14 verses. And it has an overarching theme. And the overarching theme is the revelation of God. Hearing God, learning of God, gaining knowledge of God. This is the theme of the psalm. And it's presented in two sections. There's two avenues here of learning about God that the uh, psalmist King David gives to us. The first section is the first six verses, and it speaks of hearing from God, learning about God, getting revelation of God through creation, because creation declares who God is. So let's read that, that together. Uh, let's, we're going to go through the entire psalm. We're going to hit the first six verses, and this is going to be our jump start into the whole year. So Psalm 19, verse 1 through 6, says this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. So that's the first six verses of Psalm 19. And David writes, the heavens, the sky, the sun, these great, wonderful parts of creation that cannot be missed. And you can't get up and not notice the sun in the sky. And he says something about them. He says, they, in essence, they are more than inanimate objects. How so? He said, they pour forth speech. Even though, in fact... They are inanimate. He, he goes on to explain that. He says they use no words. No sound is heard from them. But isn't it strange? He says, yet they have a voice. And their voice, their speech goes into all the earth, these inanimate objects that have no... Uh, they, they don't have any words. No sound is heard from them. Their voice goes into all the earth. They pour forth speech to the ends of the world. They reveal knowledge as they pour out this speech. In other words, 
observing creation, taking notice of it, just seeing around us God's great glory and his creation, it reveals something to us about him, our God and our creator. And the point is, it's not an audible voice being spoken or heard. Often that's what we want to hear. We want to hear an audible voice. God, speak to me. God, talk to me. I want to hear you. But what is David really pointing out here? One either acknowledges or denies God upon observation of his creation. The New Testament letter to the Roman church says something very similar. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people like us, we've been made and we understand this by, by merely being part of creation. And that writer of Romans, the apostle Paul, goes on to say, so people are without excuse. You're without excuse. You can't, you can't deny God because he has put all of this around us and it pours forth speech. It speaks to us. The sun, the stars, the world, it speaks to us. God is the God of creation and his creation declares who he is and we're without excuse. This is the, the first half of the psalm and it gives us this picture and the picture is creation, though it's inanimate, it has a voice and it talks. So what can we take away from this? to hear God, to listen to God, to discern God and gain knowledge. It doesn't happen every time through literal hearing. It can happen with the other senses. It can happen with the eyes and seeing what's around us. It can happen with the sense of feel or touch, as the psalm says, feeling the warmth of the sun. To feel the warmth of the sun is to feel creation, to feel God's creative power. His revelation is all around us. Are we listening? Are we listening? David goes on. How else might we learn? How else might we discern? How else might we build knowledge of God? So he goes on. Verse number 7. Psalm 19, 7 through 14. I'm going to go through the end. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. From creation, from God's creative evidence, 
David moves to another way that we can hear from God. And he, give, he gives more than just one adjective. He says the law, the statutes, the precepts, the commands, the decrees. And what is he referring to with these words? He is referring, he is referring to the word of God. And the word that this psalmist King David had at the time that he wrote this, it wasn't the, the whole of Scripture that we have. He had the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch as we call it, Genesis through Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And he likely had the book of Job, Joshua, Judges. That's what existed at the time of David. That was the Word of God. So the bulk of it was Genesis through Deuteronomy, and that's why King David would refer to it. That's why he would refer to the Word of God as law or statutes or commands, precepts, decrees. Much of the Old Testament writings of the, pro- of the prophets came after David. David was writing the Psalms, so they were just coming to existence through his lifetime. So the law, the law was the word of God. So he, he refers to it as the law. And like creation, this word that he had, the word of God speaks. Like creation, it speaks not in an audible voice. Again, somebody asked, how can I hear from God? I have asked that. How do I hear from you, God? And I pray, God, talk to me. I want to hear you. Why don't you speak that I can hear? But I need this reminder. I need this reminder. I think we all need this reminder. God is speaking to us, and God is revealing to us, and he's revealing himself through his creation and he's given revelation, and he's given knowledge in his word. And David gives us these pictures to ponder. The word, he says, refreshes the soul. I need that reminder. I need that reminder. It's light to the eyes. The word is eye-opening. It's more pure than gold. This is telling us how valuable the word of God is. It's sweeter than honey. It's something to be desired. And how many of you indulged your sweet tooth in the holidays? Because you desired that, right? The Word, he says, is sweeter than honey. And then I tune into this line. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I'm simple. I'm a simple person. When I'm frustrated and I'm feeling like, God, where are you? Why can't I hear you? Here's my reminder. Here's my reminder right here in this psalm. I have at my disposal what I need for the revelation of God. I have his word. I have what I need to be wise. I have, I have what I need to go from simple to wisdom. And we all do. And not only is there wisdom in this word of God, but there's blessing. David writes, by the word of God, your servant is warned. So there's warnings in the word about how we should live. How our decisions should be made on a daily basis. But he went on, he said, in keeping 
these laws, precepts, decrees, commands, in keeping them, in keeping his word, there is reward. He said great reward. That's blessing. You're warned by the word. You're blessed by keeping. David knew that he wasn't perfect. You know, he would at times fall short. And if he were writing the psalm at the end of his life, like some of the scholars believe, he would know from experience how many times he fell into sin. And you know, if you know the life of David, he fell into sin on more than one occasion. So he closes this psalm with some humility, with a humble acknowledgement. I fall into sin, and I don't even recognize it. He writes, who can discern their own errors? You know, I get that. I get it. And when I fall into sin and error, I often don't see my error. That's the human makeup. That's who we are. I don't see it sometimes. I don't discern my own errors. And David writes this. I think it applies to to me, and it applies to everyone. We, We miss it sometimes. So what did he do? He humbly said, God, forgive my hidden faults. Forgive me. Forgive the ones I'm keeping from, from people, from even me. I don't even see my own error. And then he says, keep your servant from willful sins that they may not rule over me. I know. I get it. I'm not perfect. I don't see my own sins sometimes. But forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. Help me. Keep me from sin. Don't let it rule over me. We all have to have that humility. We have to have that humility. We all do. None of us have reached sinless perfection. And we have to keep that humility or be reminded of it when we need it. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He closes with that after acknowledging his imperfections, humbly asking for forgiveness, And after saying, God, you reveal yourself through this creation and you reveal yourself through this word, and sometimes I'm not listening in essence. So Psalm 19 here, it it ends there beautifully because it's an encouragement for us to seek daily revelation from God. Don't be so busy and focused that we miss it. Don't be so busy that we miss God revealing himself and, how, and, and what he created around us. We should make a point every day just to appreciate and ponder creation. And if you're walking in the evening and you see all those stars in the skies, if you're waking up in the morning and you feel the warmth of the sun on your face or it's breaking through a, a crack in the bedroom window, praise God for his creation. Thank him. Acknowledge him. Let him reveal himself to you more and more. Take time throughout your day to notice the things that he's created. You know, from maybe a little bug on the floor to whatever. He's created it all. And there's wisdom in it. He's revealing his self to us. And for this next year, for 2018, let's all together, daily, 
take in his word and be made wise to better discern the voice of our God and be renewed and be renewed. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah wrote, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. It endures forever. The word to make us wise is eternal. And that is something to ponder in and of itself. His word we sung this morning. His word never fails. So let's let that renewal begin in us. Let's let it begin. We've already started with it. Tomorrow, I trust all of you will be a part of this. Be renewed inwardly day by day. Every morning, fixing your eyes on what is eternal. Jesus, yes, and his word. His word, which is eternal too. Will you commit to that? Will you commit to that? Can we say as a church, we are going to do this together? Let's stand to our feet and just ask God to bless us in it. Let's ask him to bless us, bless this church, bless us all, that we would be renewed daily by his word, that it would get inside us, that it would work on us, that it would do something to us, that we would use it, that we'll talk about it, that we'll discuss it among ourselves. Even when we come in here on Sundays and see each other, say, hey, what did you get out of that Wednesday? Wasn't that interesting? Or Tuesday? Or whatever the day might be. And let's let his word work inside of us. The word of God speaks. And let's let it speak to us this year, 2018. Heavenly Father, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done for us. God, whether it's a new day, a new year, help us to always recognize you. You're our creator and you're our Lord. Bless everyone in this room, Lord, that they would see that, that they would, that they would have a heart and a desire, God, to see you, to learn of you, to want more of you. God, help us all to see you in everything around us. Lord, from the littlest thing to the biggest thing that you've created, reveal yourself unto us through creation. God, may we never take it for granted. May we never discount it. May we never ever say it's something that just happened. It's by your hand, God. And may we see it. May we behold it. May it just uh, stun us. May we revere it, Lord. May that fear of God be pure for us, Lord, that we would just honor you and revere you as we see all that you've created and take it in. God, I pray that your word would be power and life to us beginning uh, now, Lord, if, if, if we've never really taken it seriously, this may it be this year that we commit and we, we take on this uh, to, to get through your word together. Lord, help us to encourage one another, to lift one another, to remind one another, to, be a, uh, to just be a help to each other, Lord, as we get through your divine word. Lord, may we all as a church grow and advance. May your knowledge get deeper inside of us. May your heart be revealed to us. We thank you, God. We thank you. We commit it unto you. We look forward to this year that's coming. We look forward to the day that's coming. God, we know it may not be promised, but God, as we enter every single new day, help us to just acknowledge you and begin it by getting into your word. Thank you, God. Bless everyone here as they go. 
keep your hand upon them as it's still time to celebrate and there's holidays and vacations. Bless all that aren't here and they are away from us, Lord, and return us all next Sunday. God, gladly rejoicing in you and praising your name together as a church, your body. May 2018 be a great blessing for every family represented and every person here, God. Your hand be upon them, your grace be upon each one. And we say thank you, we say thank you in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.